Welcome to Self-Discovery Radio, where the discovery of self is just a show away. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living with me, your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest all the way from the UK, Judy Patapa. Sorry, you're going to have to give me your name again. Judy Piatkus. 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 It's a beautiful name, but I have to uh, hear it a few times before I can remember it. Now, Judy has done something rather wonderful. She set up a conscious cafe. It's a social network and community where they aim to raise a global consciousness one conversation at a time and to inspire a very profound connection. And this is something that people need to know. A lot of people are waking up. A lot of people are feeling that sensory. Um, They've tapped into their senses. They've tapped into awareness. They know they've been elevated. They're more in tune, the more intuitive. But they go, well, what do I do with this? Is anybody else waking up? Who do I have a conversation with? And the Conscious Cafe is one of those beautiful, safe places where everybody can come and lay it out, no judgment, just beautiful inquiry and exploration and embracement of each other's journeys and uh, a wonderful, beautiful, safe haven to be. But she also uh, started a book company, which she founded in her bedroom over 25 years ago, Batiakas Books. I'm sorry, I'm one of those days today. And it's grown into a very successful um, global independent book publishing company. So there is another lesson to be learned, folks. You don't have to have this great big huge corporation and everything set up. You never, never know where things seed from. Remember, Microsoft was from the garage, a book company from the bedroom. If you really want to follow something, let that dream and seed start wherever it does. It's about how you water it and how it grows. So we're going to discover all about the publishing business and the beautiful books that she sends out globally is a global concern so let us talk to judy about you know what started the conscious cafe how did she feel that it was needed it is based in london in the uk um and it's very very purposeful and very very enriching but what started that is it coming from the books that she's read is it uh, the little voice in her own head how did it all come about so welcome to the show judy Thank you, Sarah. I'm delighted to be with you today. Um, Well, Conscious Cafe. Conscious Cafe was something that I wanted to do for quite a while before I did it. And it it was one of those things, I wanted it so much and I was very scared of failing. And there came a point in my life where I had sold my publishing company. I had done other things that I wanted to do afterwards. And it was as if I had cleared the deck for this project. There was nothing else that I needed to do, and I simply had to do it. I invited 50 people who I knew, friends and colleagues and authors I was friendly with from my publishing company, people I knew in life generally. And I brought them all together um, at my home, and we began to have conversations. And everyone enjoyed the conversations. And they had the opportunity in a safe space to explore ideas that they had been thinking about for many years. Um, Ideas about personal self-development, about spirituality, about the meaning of life, about what are we here for, what are the lessons we're meant to learn. People had the opportunity to discuss ideas relating to these topics with other people. And what was so lovely, everybody told me, was that they didn't need to explain what they were talking about because everybody who who came had also been on a journey of self-development and personal discovery. And so people felt they were really meeting kindred spirits. And that's important because we can't have that growth if we don't have that togetherness. Um, Because really that's what that growth is all about. It's about 
you stepping into yourself and embracing all that you are and that you're here for in love in respect um, and then bringing yourself to that global table and being an ingredient that helps you know the your global community and you can't do that if you don't have an open conversation can you no and and you have to feel safe and you have to feel that you can say what you would like to say in order to explore it and that no one present is going to judge you or criticize you and that's very important hugely important especially if you are speaking vulnerability and um, when people are on a journey there's a great deal of vulnerability in the beginning because it's also unknown and it's generally so you know contrary to where you have been in life or, or the path you've chosen you know it's so absolutely diverse that sometimes people think you know am I going nuts what's going on here and as you said you were afraid of failing and there are so many people that are so afraid of embracing this journey because they're afraid it's so unknown it's taking them so far afield from what they do know um, that there is that vulnerability uh, fear of failing fear of disconnecting from people or just simply a fear of the unknown I think that's absolutely right and um, I think it was Anthony Robbins who said that in life there is pleasure or there is pain and of course there is love and there is fear um, and at any point um, we can be in either one of those states and of course if we can be um, sufficiently no knowledgeable that we are able to spend most of our life in a positive pleasurable state and not in a state of fear and anxiety um, then of course we, we really have progressed on our journey and we will enjoy it so much more um, and I think um, con people who come to Conscious Cafe have spent a lot of time getting to know themselves and of course when we first embark on therapy or personal development or whatever route we find ourselves taking it can be difficult but when we do know ourselves better then we have more control over our emotions and more understanding of what is triggering it, triggering our emotions at any particular time and then life becomes easier and definitely more fun well you know the thing is is uh, whenever you're doing anything in life I mean look at a child in discovery um, if they knew how to put everything together if they knew what it could do then where would be the fun you know the the assembly of something the discovering what it can do how far it can go is where the excitement is and I think human beings you know have been kind of living life by numbers for so long this linear path um, safe keep within the boundaries don't rock the boat don't be different that uh, stepping outside of it, you know, has become something that's fearful rather than exciting. Well, interestingly, Sarah, just this afternoon I was writing a copy for a flyer um, for a peace workshop that we are going to be offering at Conscious Cafe uh, in the summer. And um, the peace workshop is about how, in order for us to have more peace in the world we all affect one another and we are brought up in a state of fear because there are so many things that we're told not to do and we mm -hmm. become afraid that we might do them and something terrible will happen to us and what the peace workshop is going to help us to do is let go of that fear um, so that we can um, learn to be more empowered um, we will also learn how to spread love and light um, because we are all part of the same and we are all affected by each other's energy and the more people who can rise above fear and be in a happier, more positive state most of the time then the more that sense of love and happiness and pleasure will spread and hopefully we will begin to make a difference in the world we know we can't expect the world to heal us or complete us. We have to do that ourselves, don't we? Um, you know, it's everybody thinks that you know the one, you know, or the collective, or um, becoming one is about abstaining 
from anything your contribution but we when we take ownership of ourselves and our actions and our choices and and what we we do our thoughts especially um we you know we empower ourselves and then we bring that empowerment to to that collective uh group people global and but it starts with us and we can't expect just because we've joined something or because we're a part of something that it's going to redefine you it can guide you but you've still got to put in the time and do the work don't you oh you're absolutely right um it, this it, this kind of work working on yourself understanding yourself better understanding what triggers your emotions um understanding your shadow the side of ourselves we don't always want to know very well but which we do need to know um all those things have to be done on your own but also at the same time we can't always do it on our own when we have the loving support of other people as we go along the journey then we're truly blessed and very fortunate and there are some amazing wonderful teachers out there in fact everybody and everything is our teacher in a different kind of way um the most important thing is just to enjoy the journey and just to not take life too seriously um i i find that if i'm struggling to understand something or i'm annoyed with something or someone i think what is this about um what lesson am i supposed to learn here and then when i've realized it i don't always realize it but when i do then it often makes me laugh because it's usually something about my ego and i have to recognize that or it might be somebody mirroring some behavior of mine that i haven't recognized but that really it would be better if i could do something about and and then it then it's it it's it and then you know you can see the funny side of it and just recognize it for the lesson that it is but that's the thing is is um we get back what we reflect out and exactly. uh, you know and that is something i think one of the first lessons we need to do and if you're so frustrated with your life you're going to impose that frustration on other people and those people are going to pick it up and mirror it back to you that's just the way it goes and you know if if you are if everything in your life is going wrong that's just the universe telling you you're going down the wrong path you know it's uh, how many redirects do we have to give you how many neon signs do we have to say go this way um and if we just sometimes stepped back from our own lives took a deep breath centered ourselves we would see that path that we're really meant to walk in front of us and just simply be able to take it but half the time we're fighting it aren't we and we we become our own worst enemies um i think um i, I think it's it's also about um be well when you're when you're further and the thing is every day i think that you're different from the day before and every month every year of your life you are different from how you were and the reason is assuming there's a certain level of awareness within you the reason is that every day we learn something new and on many of those days we see and learn things that we couldn't have learned a couple of years before because we didn't have sufficient information or knowledge to 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 really learn that lesson at that time we can learn the lesson now because of what we've experienced over the past few years so i see every day as as a day of discovery um but i i do always believe that we shouldn't we should try not to take life too seriously mm-hmm. and, and i must admit when i think <coughs> about the dalai lama i always see him with a smile on his face and he does seem to radiate amazing joy and sometimes when i'm a bit stuck and trying to work out the solution for something or having a bad day i think what would the dalai lama do which may or may not be what he would do at all but nevertheless i often find that's quite a good route to finding a better way of solving the problem stepping um, outside of yourself for a moment exactly yeah exactly. Um, or or just just thinking about anybody you admire and thinking what might they do in this situation um and and it can give you clues into how to get through it there obviously 
sometimes some situations that we have to go through do take a long time before we can come out the other side however positive we are and we will all have dark periods in our life and that will be our time of of deepest learning but it isn't always obvious until we've come through it and there's a reason i mean there's some people have a kiss on the brow for their redirect and it's just time they've read the signs and off they go and then you know um, people ha- uh, some people have catastrophic things happening to them in their lives or you know the hatchet in the head and and it uh, takes them a while before they realize that that this particular life they're living has to end and there has to be a new birth and i you know often refer to life as a book and uh, you know a book isn't just one chapter it isn't one particular subject. We would not keep anybody engaged in reading that book if that was the case. You know, our lives are made up of many, many chapters. And there's always a thread that's running through it. Um, you know, a continuum that brings our story together. But sometimes those chapters can be, you know, completely and utterly different as the story unta- unfolds. Absolutely. And there can be lots of twists and turns, which yeah. is surprising. Um, yes, yes, well... Um, that's an interesting way thinking about my life as a book and um, yeah yeah because my life has been a lot about books um, but I've never actually thought about it as a book but I like that Sarah so thank you oh well the, you know as they say here on Self Discovery Radio we have a library of shows of people's uh, <coughs> literal books and, and life books because um, everybody has a story and I think when when you're in that safe haven where you can tell your story, there isn't the judgment, there isn't the comparison, there isn't a competition of whose story is better. It's your story. It's personal to you. This has had an effect on your life. And when you can share that story, you may think, oh, you know, I, I didn't achieve much or I didn't handle that well or I you know, I didn't this, I didn't that because everybody's so self-critical. But when other people hear your story and they go, wow, you overcame that, you accomplished that, you know, it becomes an inspiration for other people. So our stories are very, very important, not only on our own journey, but in inspiring the journeys of others. I think that's absolutely right. And I think um, that it's human nature to be inspired by other people. Um, And at this time, with all the information at our fingertips, we have so many opportunities to be inspired by other people but uh, I also think at the same time that while it's very easy to look around us and see all the wonderful people out there who we might want to model ourselves on um, it is also important to know that each one of us is unique Mm -hmm. and and I believe we all come into the world with our own unique talent and it can take a while to recognise what that talent is because it might not be something that we might recognize as a talent. Um, So, for example, if if you're someone who everybody goes to because they want information about something, that is a wonderful talent, you know, if you're a maven, um, but but you might not recognize you have that talent, or you might be someone who cheers people up when they're feeling really sad, or you might be someone who's the most fantastic friend. And those are great talents. They're really, really great talents. So all of us might have those talents, and it's important to recognize um, that each of us has something to offer, and, um, and we, should, we shouldn't feel that other people are better than us in any way, because in this lifetime, that is what we've been given. Yes. Yes, uh, I've done um, you know plenty enough shows on that, and I've got one actually on this week about you know a DNA coding, and that we are designed in our lifetimes for a particular purpose. And once we step into that purpose, you know we're now living what we're here for. Now people say, well, where's the free will? Where's the choice? Uh, the free will and the choice comes in of how you use that purpose, in, in what integrity, in, in what application. But take a child and look at them when they play. You'll see, are they a builder? You know, the Lego out there. Are they a drawer? Are they putting on little plays? Are they, you know, an inspirer? Um, you know, are they a contemplator? Are they an analyst? You can actually see with a child, uh, you know, those seeds of what they're designed for. And if we actually nurtured that design and helped them explore that and expand on that, instead of, 
at the age of 40 and 50, you know, realizing they never followed their path and now they're having to redirect, we'd have so much more production in the world with people living in harmony of what they're here for. I think that's um, I think that's absolutely right, and I and I hope that our education system will be broad enough to help people to recognise what they really love doing, because if it's not that broad, if it's a bit narrow, then of course people aren't always exposed to all the skills or talents that they might see that they could develop. However, um, I, I do think uh, I have a I'm a little concerned about everybody's un- understanding of purpose and so I absolutely agree with everything you say but um, there's a wonderful line in a commencement speech that Steve Jobs gave um, at Harvard and he said sometimes you can't join up the dots until later in life mm-hmm. and in my own case I was very very fortunate because I wanted to work with books and I started my first publishing company with a partner in my 20s and then after a few years we decided to go in different directions and then I started again on my own and um, I was able to do that with the money that I'd made um, from the first company because my partner and I had owned 50% each and I sold my half of it to him. So with my 50% that I'd made, I started again on my own. And for a long time, I was a publisher, and I loved being a publisher. I just loved it. I published, or we, the company, published fiction and a wide range of non-fiction titles. And I thought that I was here in the world to be a publisher. I thought that was what I was here to do. And it was only in later years that I realized that my true passion as a publisher was, apart from the fiction, which I loved, because I've, I've always um, loved reading um, commercial popular fiction, apart from the fiction, the non-fiction that I published um, that I loved the most was always about opening people's minds to new ideas. And it was only later in my publishing career, when I was in my 50s, Um, that I realized that actually my purpose in life wasn't so much just to be a publisher, but it was actually to open people's minds to new ideas and new ways of thinking. So um, it isn't always easy to recognize what your purpose is. And I think that it's also difficult because there are so many different ways now of earning a living. So I think the important thing when trying to define your purpose is to go, if you can, in the direction that your heart is telling you to go in, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't always make sense. But if you've got the courage and you've got the opportunity, because, of course, we don't <coughs> always have that, and sometimes we have to follow our heart outside of the workplace just because it isn't going to be possible. We have to earn our living. Um, but if, if you have the opportunity to follow your heart at some point during the week, then I think gradually as the years go by you will find what your purpose is. I mean your purpose was to do the books in that chapter, in those chapters of your lives and from that you discovered your passion but through your purpose but you you know you are still supporting storytellers but you've kind of could essentially gone back around to the campfire so to speak you know, by bringing people together where they share their stories and everybody speaks about their experiences. Um, instead of putting it in the books, you've now made it kind of reverse back into that intimacy. So you're still exposing the storyteller. You're just doing it in a different format and something that's more, you know, passionate and profound to you. Yes, um, I am giving people the opportunity to open their minds to new ideas mm-hmm. and to do it together part of a group or sometimes people go away from a conscious cafe discussion and then later on they tell me do you know what about a week after the discussion I suddenly realized something very profound and I'm so glad I was there and there's always a takeaway from from a conscious cafe event there's always something that people find thought-provoking and interesting that they go away with so I think um, that's also part of the theme of my life which is 
enabling people to discover new ideas. Um, but the interesting thing was that I hadn't realised it. However, I also have to say there wasn't this emphasis um, on passion and purpose to such an extent, um, say 15, 20, 25 years ago, um, because the, wo the world was certainly in the UK, which has always been behind everywhere else in the area of personal development, but people weren't, hadn't quite got to that place um, where they were prepared to and ready to consider all these new ideas. And in the UK, if you said you went to a counsellor or a therapist in the early 90s, people would have thought you were crazy. Whereas when I went to New York, um, I remember having a conversation with someone and she said, well, Judy, if you haven't got a therapist, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> yeah, yes, I've had that experience. What do you mean you work your problems out on your own? <laughs> yes. yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so, so the other, I suppose the thing is here that different cultures come to different learning at different times, which I think brings me back to the earlier point I made that um, that sometimes that we're not always the same person that we were a few years ago and so many things can happen that, are, that affect our way of thinking and, and this is true every day and with everything moving so fast just at the moment and with, with our having the opportunity to learn so much all the time every day so much information coming at us um, we are changing all the time and we are expanding, that is to say if we're open to it, um, and we are living in really, really amazing times. Um, and we just need to recognise that sometimes we get a little bit overwhelmed with it, but it's fine. Well, you know, we had this awakening in, in 2012 and that whole elevation rose and uh, that's when everybody's consciousness started shifting. And, uh, you know, the, I remember at the talk at the time amongst as conscious uh, teachers, you know, that, um, you know, how long will it take for people to open up and, and embrace this, you know, kind of call it a bridge crossing between third and fifth dimension. And, you know, some people running across the bridge, oh, finally, I get it, I'm awake. And, and others going on the bridge dazed and confused. And some people just refusing to get on the bridge altogether. Um, and, you know, the interesting thing is, is that we actually, uh, in many, many ways, have seen a faster response to the awakening than you know, we kind of anticipated and it's a little bit like what's happening in the states right now with bernie sanders you know coming up in the background you know nobody believing that he would get the momentum he does he has but it's literally being kind of one person at a time that inspiration has become the invitation and i think this is where we're seeing it now in the conscious awakening is that people are realizing it is an invitation to inspiration and that inspiration it, it shows you your possibilities and those opportunities. And it's really quite wonderful to see people waking up and embracing this. And so many people doing it around the world. Um, it's just not obviously in the news yet, but you are seeing this more and more and more. Um, I think it's I think it's really important actually that that um, that people do enjoy everything that is offered um, that isn't in the mainstream mm -hmm. media mm -hmm. because I think the mainstream media run by large corporations has to have a particular agenda um, that's understandable because they're still in the paradigm where they feel they're responsible to their shareholders but I think what's wonderful now is that we have at any time, in the palm of our hand, if we have a mobile phone with us, we have access to all the knowledge that there is in the world. Mm -hmm. And so it's truly wonderful to take the opportunity um, and discover alternative ways of thinking and different ways of looking at a situation. Um, and, I, and I think really it will be very, very exciting to see how this election in America develops. Um, and, and how people wake up and who they decide um, is going to represent them going forward. Well, you know, I think we're seeing this in the extremes because, you know, we've got the, uh, you know, the, the Republican and the Democratic and you look at what's going on on one side and it's, you know, it was, it was the circus and it was funny and now it's just become kind of dangerous. Um, and then you have the other side of it where it is about the people for the people, which is what 
a political um, figure should stand for. They're working for the people. They're employed by the people. And this is something that got completely lost. And here in Canada, you know, we have a new prime minister, Justin um, Trudeau, uh, Pierre Trudeau's son, and, uh, and nobody expected him to get in. And he got in because he'd done his work with the people, for the people. And I think this is a global concern we're hearing right now. We're sick to death of being dictated to or the hierarchy um, deciding things at our expense. And part of this conscious awakening is not only taking ownership of your own life, but also in standing up against the things that are going wrong in the life. Look what happened in Paris with the bombings. The next day, Paris comes together and says, this is a city of love and no one's going to take that love away. It, this is what we need to see more in the world, but this is something that we are seeing more in the world of, isn't it? Um, I definitely think there is a massive uh, rise in consciousness, and and I think it's very, very exciting. Yeah. Um, and it's just happened in a few short years, and I think that it will gather momentum. Um, I think some of us are in the forefront, and when I say we're in the forefront, I mean that we have perhaps already been on this path for some months, some years, perhaps most of our lives. Um, and so it is incumbent upon us to help everyone else who is trying to achieve this state of happiness and peace of mind that people who have been on this journey have often been able to find in themselves. Um, but learning to know yourself better, learning to understand yourself better, monitoring your thoughts and your awareness, it's not something you can achieve overnight. It takes a long time. Um, but I think what's wonderful is that people are awakening to a different kind of awareness that we've really not seen before. And, um, and that's what the world needs now. And the more people who become aware of the world and the society we live in and feel that they want to step forward and talk about it um, without fear, um, then the more important that will be and hopefully the sooner we will all be able to live happier lives. Um, I mean, you know, the, the solution to the world does lie within us. Um, you know, living our life from the inside out. You know, there was that beautiful movie this um, this last year, Inside Out, which a couple of dads wrote, you know, um, with the perspective over their children. And um, when it came out, I was telling a lot of the coaches and therapists I was interviewing, you've got to see this movie. And they said to me afterwards, we're using this as a tool. This is going to be part of our program now. Because you know, especially, you know, England, I was brought mm -hmm. up in England as well, you know, it's uh, children should be seen and not heard, you know, um, bite your lip, uh, stiff upper lip, you know, don't express the way you feel, all this restriction of holding our emotions back, and then they explode, you know, in, in the wrong way, whereas the movie Inside Out shows us that every single emotion is important in our lives, and the importance is don't get stuck in one emotion. If if you're feeling sad, there's a reason why you're feeling sad. What is making you sad? The same as if you're mad. Same as if you're happy. Pay attention to that state that's putting you in that frame of mind. But understand we need to express ourselves because that's what emotions are for. And I'm, I'm really wanting to see this movie inside out. Now. Oh, no, you see it, see it. it. <laughs> no, it's, it'll be on DVD now or on demand or whatever because it was the last year's movie, but I highly recommend it. Oh, okay, um, it sounds wonderful. And I have to say, coming from England, you have so described the <laughs> English <laughs> so well. And I have to say, I, have, I, was, I was born in London and I have lived in England all my life. Um, and even, and I'm and I'm fairly good at expressing myself. And I, I I have had people say to me, "You're the kind of person who says what we're thinking, but we don't usually want to say." Yeah. And which, of course, <laughs> is not always good. Um, <laughs> but it is <laughs> a version of speaking my truth, anyway. Um, but I have to say, um, I have worked in the media um, as my career, and I still sometimes get caught up when people say things to me, and then I go away, and they, later I think, "Oh, she didn't mean." that what she meant was this yeah um but because i have not naturally been used to not being able to say what i wanted i haven't always recognized 
then other people find it difficult in this country. And of course, that was one of the reasons why um, it was um, so difficult in the UK uh, to sell books on personal development. So um, when I, st I started my publishing company in the 80s, and um, we began to publish books on alternative therapy. And then in the 90s, we began to publish books on self-help and personal development and mind, body, and spirit. And um, in the book trade in the UK, Piatka's books, my company, I was not taken that seriously because all these topics were not taken that seriously because the English were very, very slow <laughs> to adopt them. And that's how it was at the beginning of the <coughs> 90s. But during the 90s, everything changed. And by, um, by the turn of the century, by the year 2000, you could go into any book, English bookshop and see shelves and shelves of books on personal development. So it was a very, very exciting time to be a pioneer in this area of publishing. Yes, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a spiritual counsellor, have been all my life. And, you know, my teachings were just a little off the wall for a lot of people. And it really was about, you know, discovery yourself, understanding what is your coding you know who are you what are you designed here to do and then when you embrace that you let go of you know society's expectations and you start living in your your own meaningful purpose and what your own passion and your own desire from your own heart um and uh, it one of the hardest things was is to to get people out of that society's condition no i shouldn't do that what would people think and uh, it, that's a very British thing, but it's a very universal thing. Is it, you know, um, we're so quick to assume people are going to have judgment over us that we are the first ones to judge. And I think we're beginning to see that slowly start disintegrating because people's inner voices have become so loud they can't ignore them anymore. That's, that's, I think, I think it's... it's um and, of course, the judgment then, of course, takes us to the ego. Oh, yeah. Uh, because, you know, um, very often those who are judging us are also um, rather full of their own egos. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, of course, really, the, the great challenge that all of us have as we get to know ourselves better um, is to recognize when our ego is getting in the way. And of course, this this is the problem um, with some of the political systems in the world, um, in that when people go into politics, it's very often because they do have a passion to be powerful and they do want to be powerful, and and they're coming from their ego. And and what the world really needs is people who want to be of service, and they're going to come from a higher consciousness when they want to be of service because they'll want to be giving and not taking. Um, and of course, the more our consciousness rises, um, hopefully, the, the more we might find that um, the world will attract more people who will want to be of service um, when they're in a position of power and won't just want to be taken from everybody. Exactly. I think what we really are seeing is a different tolerance level in the world, aren't we? Um, you know, there's there's things that we would have turned a blind eye to or simply not seen, not been aware of it. And now, you know, especially through the internet, we're becoming so much more aware of what's going on in the world, around the world. And, you know, in horror sometimes, you know, that is still going on. We have to give these people who are voiceless a voice and stand up because when it comes down to it, we are, as human beings, a global community and we're only as strong and only as empowered as we are in unison, um, which doesn't mean we have to be all in agreement on everything because there's always different perspectives. But when it comes to supporting humankind, we have to be able to support those people without a voice and give them that voice to their, their own free will. And this is one of the beautiful things that we're really he seeing today, aren't we? Is this people joining together and kind of in chorus sending out those vibrations of goodwill to people. Well, absolutely. Um, and I think really we are seeing uh, just a massive welling up of compassion. Mm -hmm. um, what, when we see such pain on our television screens, 
so frequently, um, then of course it's difficult to feel in a state of compassion all the time. Yeah. It's hard to be like that. I'm not suggesting that we can do it um, when we're assailed by grim news on the media all the time. But every now and again, we hear something, we see something, and we're just overwhelmed with compassion and we want to help. Um, and interestingly, um, in England, even though people are not always very good at saying what they think and they feel, we are known as one of the most charitable nations in the world. Um, and the English are very, very good at giving to causes. Um, we, we can raise a lot of money for things that we really care about. Um, but, but on a wider scale, um, we none of us know when we will be affected by the terrible things that we seem to have done in in the last 100 years. I mean, we, we are not eating healthy food. Mm-hmm. We are not always drinking water that is safe. We have damaged the planet in so many places and we've not put it back to rights. We are not kind to one another. Um, we're not always showing enough love to one another. Um, we're not educating everybody. We're not making birth control available to everybody. Um, we are thinking about our health a lot of the time, but we're confused by what is health. Is health is our, are we going to get better if we take drugs, or would we be better off speaking to a therapist, or how? Why are we ill? Why why are we not? Why are our bodies not? In aligned in, in alignment with wellness, um, it's not always about stress. So there there is there are so many wrong directions that we've taken in the last hundred years when we've had more knowledge than ever before, and um, and of course there are good reasons and bad reasons for the directions we went in. Um, sometimes it was all done in a way that people thought was the right thing, but it didn't turn out to be that. But the important thing now is that we are recognising the mistakes we've made and that we all of us do in our small way have the opportunity to stand up and try and put it right um, and, and that's of course the awareness and the consciousness yeah. um, and it's wonderful and necessary uh, that the technology is now here to enable us um, to, to share all our new discoveries and to share our voices You're completely right you know it's there is a lot where we've gone wrong in the last hundred years and there's a lot where we've gone right but the imbalance is definitely in play right now and the earth is suffering from it and we're suffering from it i mean we're all energy every single particle of us and this planet is all based in energy and there's a lot of static going on because there isn't the harmony you know the frequencies are just not running smoothly and that's because the imbalance you know you talked about ego you know it generally derives from people that derives greed and power and we've seen too much imbalance of that and i think politically why we're seeing such a different arena right now is that um this is kind of the the first elections that are taking place since the 12 you know the 2012 awakening and uh, you know so many people have woken up in this time period and just realizing what is wrong i think more awareness on monosanto foods and and drugs and and um, what's causing our ill health and uh, the friction that's going on in the world has been observed in the last four years three to four years than ever I think before and people are just saying no more hang on this is wrong we have to put a stop to this we have to put a stop to this and we're not going to tolerate it anymore um, I think that we, how can I put it, we, we are fortunate, those of us who are living in this time now, we are fortunate in that we are living in a time that no other civilization has ever experienced. And there are new, new exciting developments taking place every day um, that all of us can hopefully at some level or at some point in our lives be, have the opportunity to to benefit from, but at the same time, alongside all the light, it's also uncovering all the darkness that mm-hmm. perhaps, as you say, we weren't aware of, we didn't see it. And, and there is a lot of dark energy um, which has gone into us 
um, in, in, in the way that we live, in the foods we eat, um, in, the, in the climate, in the chemtrails. There's a lot of dark energy, but fortunately, we've been given the tools to recognize it and to share our knowledge. And as you say, we must all unite together um, to raise consciousness of the darkness so that we can turn it into the light and that we can all lead healthier and happier lives. And it is happening very fast mm-hmm. that people are becoming more aware and are doing their best to make changes happen. And each one of us can play our part in that, which is why it's an exciting time. See, I mean, a few years ago, if you tried to put Conscious Cafe together, you probably wouldn't have succeeded. But you now people, as I said, there's this, this huge awakening surging through them and the need for dialogue, the need for that camaraderie and coming together and sharing these, you know, these wisdoms, these perspectives, these point of views is so absolutely necessary that by bringing people together and being able to look at things from different points of view, we begin to see the whole we can see what the whole problem is but we also can see what the solutions are because the dialogue is there. I think for a long time um, for quite a number of years people became very isolated and insulated and stopped talking you know and kind of got consumed by that darkness and then now you know with this awakening going on it's like everybody's shaking themselves coming out of a long sleep and going boy what was going on while I was out <laughs> you know? yes it's true <laughs> it's true and I often have people say do you know I feel I'm really waking up now uh-huh. people literally say it it's as if they feel it yeah. um, and, and that's why it's such an exciting time to be alive um, and to be here for the experience of seeing everything that's going on for and every problem there's a solution isn't there every problem there's a solution and, and it's only when you put the heads together and share the stories, do you actually unravel what the solution is? Um, exactly. And our world is so sophisticated now. Yeah. But it does need a lot of people looking at every situation from different angles. And as, as you mentioned before, when you were talking about children and talent, um, we all have different ways of thinking. So some of us are conceptual and others are analytical and some think like engineers and they're structural. Um, so we all have a different way of thinking, and, and when we're looking at a problem and needing a solution, we need all our minds to work together and all our different experiences, both older people and younger people, because we all have something to contribute. Absolutely, and this is something I'm seeing so much, which is a delight because I'm in that age bracket. You know, we're seeing 50, 60, 70 plus where people are redirecting into new businesses like me. Um, and, uh, you know, when we're not over until we're over, we've still got something to contribute. And, uh, you know, setting up new ventures or uh, brand new businesses. And because of that, A, being in tune with why they're here and doing what they love now, that purpose, um, being uh, doing a completely different business to what they did before because they're so driven by that, that passion to do so, like you with the Conscious Cafe. Yes, thank you. That's exactly right. And I think it's interesting to um, look around at your <coughs> family and friends and see how many people are not just doing something different from what they were doing perhaps five years ago, but also <coughs> they're not just doing something different. They are doing something, some kind of work that didn't even exist five yes. years ago. Yes, uh, like internet radio. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if you told me 20 years ago I was going to be doing this, it would be go, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I have to say, Conscious Cafe is quite interesting from that point of view because when I was a teenager, um, I, um, I was 16 and my friend was 16 and we just wanted to meet new people. Um, we did actually set up a group and invite people to come um, who we didn't know but who we all had something particular in common with. Um, and, and this was all under the auspices of our parents and it was all fine and um, uh, it, it, it's really interesting that I was doing in my teens yeah. what I've now found myself doing um, at this later time in my life so very often the clues of what you really love to do are there when you're a younger person but you don't always recognize them exactly and you need you need life's journey you know to gather your tools and your wisdom and your knowledge to impart 
with others exactly. later. Yeah. 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 Now let's you know let's talk about books because as you said when you know you put these books out of self help and and all of this earlier and it was just like you know nobody reading them but um, I interview a great deal of many authors and so I have books coming to me every week um, you know on on their own self discovery or the how to books or you know programs they've assembled together some of my favorite are the faction books where they've yeah. taken some facts but they've fictionalized it just to make it more readable um and it but we're seeing now more authors in the world than we've ever seen before um well we're seeing more authors because people have the opportunity to self-publish yeah. and um self-publishing is it, 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 it's a i mean i have to say my background is being a traditional publisher and um I started the Actors Books in my bedroom. I was pregnant with my second child. It was my second publishing company, as I mentioned. And um, so I, I've always been a supporter of traditional publishing. Um, I think it's wonderful that everybody has the opportunity to self-publish. I think that's important. I, I don't see why traditional publishers should be the only custodians of um, good work. Um, but nevertheless, I always think it's worth trying to find a traditional publisher before you self-publish, unless you really love marketing. Because if you're yes. a self-publisher, you'll find that you have to spend a lot of time and a lot of energy marketing your book, otherwise nobody would know it's there. Whereas traditional publishers do know how to do that. They may not always have the big budget that you'd like them to have, that you might be better off supporting your traditional publisher with a contribution to a, pub, to a PR agent if you feel they're not doing enough PR than putting all your money into producing a thousand or five hundred copies of your own book because it can be very, very difficult to make money when you're a self-published author unless you really know what you're doing and want to spend all your time promoting your book. So that that's the only thing I would say about the self-publishing side of things but it is wonderful uh, that people are able to do that but remember to do it well you have to have a good cover you want to produce it in such a way that it's attractive to read ideally you want to find an editor who will read it through for you and it's very difficult to judge your own work so if you've got a qualified editor pay attention to what they say so self-publishing isn't quite as easy as it looks on the surface but it can be rewarding and it can be profitable if you have the knowledge and expertise to market your book I mean you've hit the nail on the head with it my, my brother is an author um, and unfortunately hasn't had luck with publishers in the last few years and um, so went back to self-publishing and you know he's a, a seasoned writer um, and you know professor with a master's uh, degree in writing and everything but he absolutely loathes the self-promotion side of it um, and but you know finds it really really hard nowadays to find somebody who will kind of quote do that work for them um, because his last publishing company took five years to bring his book to the thing and then didn't do any promotioning work at all so I think that some of the traditional publishers need to kind of upgrade into more modern times and uh, and people who are wanting to publish a book instead of just going and putting it out on their own you know through the template need a publisher that is a little more new age in order to really define their work and get it out there more authentically um well i mean but public Publishing is complex. It, it is complex. It is possible to do it yourself, but you really need to have an understanding of what you're doing. I certainly think it was very, very tough on your brother if the company took five years to publish his book and haven't actually heard of any company taking quite as long as that. Um, however, whether you're self-published or whether you go to a traditional publisher, you will still have to do publicity so you will be working in partnership with the traditional publisher in order to maximize the potential of your book. And uh, the more help that you can give them about marketing, for example, by creating a platform, by being out there giving lectures, thinking about who you know who could help to promote the book, 
doing radio interviews. There's so many different things you can do to build your platform and get your name out there. You will still have to do it, whoever publishes you, because otherwise the public isn't going to know yeah. about your book. So yeah. you have to do that work. But as you say, some authors find that very, very challenging. And so for those authors, it's better if they have the help of a traditional company, if they can find the right one. Um, and of course, um, it's always good to to um, to see which companies you admire, to to ask authors who you know whether they can recommend their company, and do your research beforehand. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it took so long because the person who was managing him decided to write her own book and put him on the back burner. Um, oh dear! Uh, before she retired, so it was one of those type of things. He it was just certainly unlucky. There. He was definitely, and I love his books, you know, because they really, you know, they they really do help. I love a book when you put it down. Afterwards, you see a reflection of your own life in there, or even some problem or something that you were looking to be answered. Um, was answered through that book. So a good book to me is one that will stay with me like a really good taste in my mouth. And, uh, you know, let me keep thinking about it and, and revisiting it. Um, and, you know, some some people when they're writing a book kind of forget, they become so kind of linear and so structural that they realize, they forget that we need that storytelling. We need that inspiration. We need to reflect, you know, you're a reflection, so we need to kind of feel it and they kind of forget to bring that into the book, don't they? Well, that's where a good editor can make all the difference. Um, and there are freelance editors, so if you are self-publishing, see if you can find a really good um, professional experienced editor. Um, they don't necessarily have to be working for a publishing company at all. They probably did work for a company and now work freelance. And honestly, their advice will be worth their weight in gold because it will make your book as an author, the book you've written, it will make it so much better to read. And, um, and as I said before, it's really impossible to judge your own writing. And the most successful professional authors always work um, to the guidance of a successful professional editor. Right, exactly. And even with the editors nowadays, uh, the, the the way books are, are, are put out there, are di you know, are different, aren't they? Um, the self-help well, books. In North America, there does tend to be a tradition of editing more heavily than in the UK, for example. And it is important that, that you know, you, you trust your editor. Not every, not every author is suited work with every editor and it can right. be difficult to work that out but you'll know when you begin to discuss your work with them as to whether they're the right person for you exactly and um it has to be somebody who comprehends what you're doing if exactly. it's too if it's too far afield and then they don't get it how can they edit it well um, exactly that's exactly right right so somebody in sync with your topic so they can actually, if they themselves being inspired by it. And the basic right. what they're doing is tweaking it and refining it so that our inspiration isn't lost. Exactly, exactly. Um, because sometimes it's there, but it just needs someone to bring out your words and just express them better in certain places and just maybe move a chapter around and it will just make all the difference. Uh, well, I'm in the process of my book, finally, but... <laughs> well, Sarah, I hope you find the best way of publishing it, whatever that way is, and I'm looking forward to reading it. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's, I've been you know, pushed to do this, and I guess it's time, so um, it, it will be. And that's the, the important thing, isn't it? Whether you know, you're gathered around a group of people where you feel safe um, and you're discussing things or, or whether you've written it in a book or, or you're a blogger, which of course blogging is wonderful and a way of expressing. The more we get it out there in conversation, verbal, written, uh, musical art, you know, the more we express that consciousness, the more we actually start enlightening the world and inviting the world to be a part of this beautiful collective consciousness. And we really have to keep the dialogue going, don't we? Absolutely, um, because if we don't 
speak about what we think, then we don't always know what we think. We think we know what we think, but it isn't until we begin to express ourselves and try and articulate our thoughts and ideas that we can really have a sense of what we do think. Exactly. And, um, you know, don't ever kind of be ashamed of your thoughts. Oh, you know, what will people think? Um, it's a bit too bizarre. It's too far out there because your experience might be out there. I'm one of those out there people. I'm a little bit twilight zone for people. Um, but that's just because of my my um, soul's journey. Um, but it has its place. And, you know, maybe I'm out there, but instead of listening and go, that's too far out there for me, go, oh, well, I'm obviously hearing this for a reason. Maybe it's asking me to expand my horizon. I might not ever get out there, but acknowledging that there are some people that have a broader experience in this um, opens you up to what your possibilities are within yourself. That's correct, and it does require courage. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it requires tremendous courage to put yourself out there and to allow yourself to be vulnerable, especially in print. Um, but those are the books that people treasure and um, those are the speakers, the ones who allow themselves to be vulnerable, who we remember and those are the people who we learn from and so I, I wish everyone the courage to do it those who have something they want to say to the world I wish you all the courage um, to, to find the right way of saying it so that people will hear your story in the way that you want them to Exactly. And don't be afraid of of what people will think. You know, own it. You know, whether you've made wrong decisions or right decisions, uh, whether, you know, some things have happened to you and you look back and go, well, maybe I invited that unconsciously. Don't beat yourself up on it because your survival and thrival, your existence for, you know, um, coming out of that situation is somebody else's inspiration. You never yeah. know who you're inspiring with your story. Exactly. And, and I think it's really important not to say to yourself anything that you wouldn't want someone to say to you. So don't beat yourself up. Yes. Don't beat yourself up because you wouldn't want anybody to say the things that you would be saying to yourself if you were beating yourself up. Just be kind to yourself and be kind in the way that you would like other people to be kind to you um, because that's the only way to find happiness within yourself. There's two things I used to get my clients to do. Uh, one was a pros and cons list. You know, all the pros about your life, all the cons of your life, and then go for each one of them and really go, really? Is it really a con? Or, you know, is, uh, should you put more emphasis on the pro? Be honest. And the other one is a conversation with your mirror. Because when you're eyeball to eyeball with yourself, you know when you're pulling the wool over your own eyes. And it's a good time to have a really good, honest conversation. Yes. Yes, I think um, it can take a while to be brave enough to look at yourself in the mirror and say, actually, um, that isn't true. And, and I think a wonderful exercise if you're struggling a bit is just to, to practice looking in the mirror and saying, I love you. Yes. Be your own best friend. Yeah. Because if you can't be your own best friend, then it's going to be harder for everyone else. And I remember um, I came across that exercise in a book that we published at Piatkis, um in the late 80s by a man called Louis Proto. And I remember when I first read it, this is the exercise to build your self-esteem. You've got to go to the mirror and you've got to look in the mirror and say, I love you. Oh, I was English and this was the 80s. I thought, oh, that is absolutely ridiculous. I shuddered. I could never do such a thing. But I have to say that after some time practicing, because clearly there was something to be learned there, um, I realized that I was going to be able to do it. And, and once you're being kinder to yourself, yes. um, then you are just generally kinder and don't give yourself a hard time. It doesn't mean you won't recognize when you've made mistakes and when you've said something that actually you'd rather not have said. It doesn't mean you won't recognize those things, but it means that you'll forgive yourself in the same way that we forgive our children when they make mistakes and we forgive the people we love when they say something wrong. The whole so, point um, about mistakes is they're just lessons. Exactly. Um, you don't want to repeat the same lesson over and over again. So learn from that lesson 
and you know start applying it to your life keep moving forward go with the flow right absolutely you've said it beautifully so my love how do people join the conscious cafe and yeah. um, you know and, and how do people get hold of you because you know you're also a coach and a guest speaker um, how do they book you find you and uh, join the cafe right as Judy Piatkus, and I'm going to spell that because most people get it wrong. <laughs> um, I've been spelling it for a long time in my life. It's P-I-A-T-K-U-S, uh, for sugar. S for sugar, that's the last um, uh, letter. So it's Judy Piatkus. Uh, the publishing company I founded, which I've now sold, is Piatkus Books. And um, you can, uh, I have got a website. Uh, under the name Judy Piakas, just to say who I am. Um, Conscious Cafe will have a website, but may not have one for another month, but we will have one soon. But in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter, and um, we're at Conscious, and um, under the S of Conscious, there's a little underscore, and then it's at Conscious Cafe. Um, and you can also find us on Facebook. And if you find us on Facebook, we look forward to hearing from you. And please like us. Um, we haven't been on social media very long, but as a result of this program, um, we're going to be thrilled and delighted to meet more people who would like to be in touch with Conscious Cafe. Great. Uh, so we hope you'll find us one way or another, either via my website or um, via social media and um, and if you're listening to this um, after March um, 2016, then hopefully we will have our website up and running. Wonderful. And the thing is, is whether, you know, you're in North America, if you're not in London, wherever else you're in the world, you know, this is just a wonderful thing to set up, you know, um, a gathering of people to explore um, and to to open up that dialogue and to to look deep um, within one oneself and and just see what you know those beautiful possibilities are because those good vibrations are what go out to the world and in uniting we are um, healing and we you know we become the answers that we seek and sometimes we even have the question we forgot to, we didn't even know we needed to ask so by being conscious and coming together we really you know are part of that equation that really helps globally so thank you so much for setting up the conscious cafe oh sarah thank you for helping us to share our um inspiration um because conscious cafe is about sending ripples out into the world and if anyone listening is inspired uh, to begin conversations about consciousness and other things um, with their friends and colleagues and people they haven't yet met, that will be absolutely brilliant. Wonderful, wonderful, and uh, the next elevation of our human mankind. So, thank you so much, Judy. It's been an absolute delight. And um, for me too. Thank you so much for inviting me onto the program. Absolute pleasure. So, folks, get conscious, start awakening, start asking questions, be open. You have absolutely no idea the beautiful journey that lies ahead when you are willing to step forth. Until next time.